Our summaries this week contain two cases on criminal law, one from the Supreme Court and one from the Court of Appeals. In McNeil Lewis v. State, 2023, Art 54, the Arkansas Supreme Court affirmed convictions in a first-degree murder case arising from a shooting in West Memphis and rejected evidentiary challenges to admission of 911 calls and dash cam video. Justice Wood explained the former was not testimonial, so it did not violate the Confrontation Clause, and any error to the latter was harmless because of other evidence. Quote, Sir Jeffrey McNeil Lewis was charged with first-degree murder, first-degree battery, eight counts of terroristic threatening, and firearm enhancements for each charge. These charges followed a shooting in West Memphis, Arkansas. He was tried on the charges. Testimony from the jury trial showed that the shooting victims, Jarvis Moore and Stacey Abram, had been doing electrical work in a vacant house. They had taken their lunch break on the front porch when two men started shooting at them from across the street. Moore suffered a gunshot wound to the head and died a short time later at the hospital. Abram suffered a gunshot wound to his arm but survived. Abram later identified McNeil Lewis as one of the shooters. The police apprehended McNeil Lewis at the scene. Additional evidence connected him with the shooting. Police recovered guns from a house across the street owned by McNeil Lewis's sister. Witnesses had seen McNeil Lewis leaving this house. These guns matched the shell casings found at the crime scene and the bullet recovered from Jarvis Moore's head. Gunshot residue was found on McNeil Lewis's hands. Along with this evidence, the state presented evidence from witnesses absent from trial, two 911 calls, and a video from a police dash camera. The video showed statements from Aaliyah Perry, an eyewitness, but Perry never appeared at trial because the state failed to serve her with the subpoena. The defense argued the evidence violated McNeil Lewis's right to confrontation and that the statements were inadmissible hearsay. The court nevertheless admitted the video. Evidentiary Challenges McNeil Lewis challenges the admission of the 911 calls and admission of the dash cam video. He argues all were inadmissible hearsay and violated his right to confront witnesses against him. As to the 911 recordings, we hold that the hearsay argument wasn't preserved and that the recordings were admissible under the Confrontation Clause as non-testimonial statements. As to the dash cam video, we conclude its omission was harmless error. End of quote. The opinion noted a statement is non-testimonial when made, quote, in the course of police interrogation under circumstances objectively indicating that the primary purpose of the interrogation is to enable police assistance to meet an ongoing emergency. End of quote. On the other hand, a statement is testimonial, quote, when the circumstances objectively indicate that there is no such ongoing emergency and that the primary purpose of the interrogation is to establish or prove past events potentially relevant to later criminal prosecution. End of quote. 911 calls. There was no error in admission of the 911 calls because they were non-testimonial. Quote, the statements described events as they were happening. In the first call, the declarant frantically asks the 911 dispatcher to send an ambulance because a man had been shot and was lying on the ground. 
In the second call, the declarant repeated the same information about a man having been shot and that shots were being fired. These statements reported a shooting injury and described present events. We affirm the circuit court's ruling that these statements were non-testimonial because, when viewed objectively, their primary purpose was to seek police assistance for an ongoing emergency. End of quote. Dashcam video. The opinion considered challenges to this evidence but ruled that any error would be harmless. Quote, First, while the statement was important to the prosecution's case, as it involved an identification of the defendant, the statement was cumulative to other eyewitness testimony. Stacy Abram, one of the victims, also identified McNeil Lewis, both by a photo identification lineup shortly after the shooting and then at trial. Second, Perry's identification was relayed through Officer Blazon's testimony. That is, one reason the jury knew that Perry had identified McNeil Lewis was through Officer Blazon's subsequent elaboration at trial. And Officer Blazon was subject to cross-examination by the defense. This examination included questions about the relation of the patrol car to the crime scene, whether the windows were tinted, whether the crowd could have obstructed Perry's view, and other questions meant to test the accuracy of Perry's identification. Third, the court permitted the defense wide latitude to introduce evidence of Perry's later inability to make an identification. And finally, the state's case included other physical evidence of McNeil Lewis's guilt, like the gunshot residue on his hands and the expert testimony connecting the guns found at his sister's house with the bullets and shell casings found at the scene and in the deceased victim's body. For these reasons, any error was harmless. End of quote. The opinion quoted from United States Supreme Court decisions and noted the touchstone factors in a case of harmless error are, quote, one, whether the statement was important to the prosecution's case, two, whether the statement was cumulative, three, whether other testimony corroborated or contradicted the statement, four, whether cross-examination was otherwise extensive, and five, whether the prosecution's case was strong overall, end of quote. The court ruled that admission of the dash cam video was harmless error beyond a reasonable doubt. Non-disclosure of juror information. A third point on appeal was not raised in trial or in sentencing, but by a post-trial motion over whether a juror's non-disclosure of a family relationship to law enforcement called for a new trial. Quote, The motion argued a juror failed to disclose being the child of the former Crittenden County Sheriff, even though asked about relation to law enforcement in the juror questionnaire and during voir dire. The motion noted that defense counsel discovered this possible relation after the jury found the defendant guilty while waiting for a sentencing decision. Defense counsel is required to raise an issue of jury misconduct at the first opportunity, Hendricks v. State, 298 ARC 568. The first opportunity would have been while waiting for sentencing, yet counsel waited until 15 days after the trial to file the motion. A motion for a new trial based on juror misconduct should contain a statement that the defense did not know about the misconduct until after trial, Owens v. State, 300 ARC 73. Because counsel failed to raise the allegation during the trial proceedings, we do not consider the merits. End of quote. End of decision. 
In McClure v. State, 2023, ARC App 174, a criminal defendant appeared before the same judge who originally prosecuted him for the state and was hearing the later revocation petition. Defense counsel moved for recusal, which the trial court denied. Judge Barrett reversed the revocation order and remanded, quote, Richard McClure appeals the Clark County Circuit Court's revocation of his suspended imposition of sentence. On appeal, he argues that Circuit Court Judge Blake Batson erred in denying his motion for Batson to recuse. The state concedes error. We agree and we reverse and remand for a new revocation hearing with a different circuit judge. Rule 211A6A of the Arkansas Code of Judicial Conduct the provision under which McClure requested Judge Batson's recusal requires that a judge shall disqualify himself or herself in any proceeding in which the judge's impartiality might reasonably be questioned, including when the judge served as a lawyer in the matter in controversy. Section 12 of Amendment 80 to the Arkansas Constitution provides that no judge shall preside in any case in which he or she may have been counseled. Arkansas Constitution Amendment 80, Section 1. The state concedes error, and we hold that the circuit court abused its discretion in denying McClure's recusal motion. Both Amendment 80 and Rule 211A6A of the Arkansas Code of Judicial Conduct explicitly state that a judge shall not preside in a case in which he or she served as a lawyer in the matter in controversy. Judge Batson was the prosecutor who brought the 2015 charge against McClure that was the underlying offense forming the basis for McClure's 2022 revocation hearing before Judge Batson. Judge Batson had clearly served as a lawyer in the matter in controversy. This is a direct circumstance under which a judge is required to recuse himself or herself, and Judge Batson abused his discretion in refusing to do so. We reverse and remand for a new revocation hearing. End of quote. End of decision.